I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back into KSL News Radio, your legacy home of the BYU Cougars. It's always an honor to talk to our next guest. He's entering his eighth year. It's hard to hard to believe, eighth year already. Uh, head coach of the BYU Cougars. He is Kalani Satake. Kalani, always a pleasure talking with you. What's going on, Mitch? How you doing, bro? Thanks for having me on. I'm always uh, always uh, enjoy our conversations to to chat. I got I got to start things off with you, Kalani. That Big Twelve schedule. Uh, first off, I'm curious, how long did you know about the Big Twelve schedule? I knew about the Big Twelve schedule the day of the morning before everybody else knew. So, so it wasn't there. There was a. I think there was a attempt to just keep things. Uh, quiet until everybody knew. So I, I probably knew maybe a couple hours before everybody else. So, but, and I, I was okay with it. I, I just knew there was a bunch of different options, and I was just excited to see what it was going to be. <laughs> <laughs> so Tom Tom Holmo said, uh, I believe that he, he knew about the schedule months in advance. So he he didn't he didn't leak it to you at all. No, man. We we, we got to be we got to be trust trusting partners from our Big Twelve, and I don't mind uh, Tom doing. I had other things on. Yeah on my mind and things to take, to take care of, but the way it worked out, I, I'm, I'm happy with it. Your, uh, uh, maybe just a initial thoughts of, I know you're probably thought thinking about spring ball and at most, if you're looking at the schedule, Sam Houston, but, uh, just maybe your initial thoughts of, of that, uh, nine game big 12 schedule that you guys will be taking on this fall. Well, just really excited. I, I think we knew that there was going to be 
uh, a number of teams that we weren't going to play. And so I think the first thing was, who are we not playing? And then are we getting the four games at home or the four game or the five games at home? And so when you look at that, it's like, okay, it matches up to what we want. But uh, I think, I think that's, I mean, when I know we have uh, priorities, things to look at first, um, you know, spring ball and all that stuff, but they, they have the whole schedule there. So it's not like I'm going to be, give you coach talk and say, we're only focused on Sam Houston state. We're focused on the entire thing. Cause we, it's still new. It's the first time we've been able to see it. And so um, there's a lot of excitement about it. And, and so that's even from our fans, it's even on our, in a program from our players and our coaches. So we're making plans for it, and we're seeing the the, the matchups and and just just planning uh, you know for the season. I, I think um, there's a couple of years ago where we knew we were going to the Big Twelve, didn't know what the schedule was going to look like, and then we try to hold it off as much as we can because we're trying to play a season, two seasons in fact. You know what I mean? And and now that we're here, it's like hey, let's just enjoy it, love it, and have ha- and just have tons of happiness with it, and, and see what we can do. <laughs> what we can do, uh, make sure our team can get ready by the time we hit fall camp in August and get ready for the first game against Sam Houston State and obviously the nine in, in the in the uh, in the conference. Kalani Sataki is my guest and Kalani you know I've always wondered you know because this is all kind of foreign to BYU it's like re, re, re kind of remembering how life is like in a in a conference just maybe what does that do to um uh, knowing who you're not because you're there's gonna be some years where you don't play certain teams being in a 12 team or 14 team league this year but how much do you think it can help the program having that continuity that familiarity with certain teams and knowing how to construct a roster to go up against uh whether it be Baylor or whoever it's going to be Kansas State uh knowing what your you know layout is going to kind of look like each and every year yeah, I'm really excited about it. I know that Tom is, uh, is scheduling the, the for him has gotten a lot easier, you know. And so for for us, it's just having that the the familiar opponents and and knowing, you know, whether the conference is 12 or 14, it's just knowing um, that you're going to play the certain type of teams from the same same group. Does that make sense? Yeah. And and then when you do that, you can now you're playing for a lot of things. You're playing for for bowl games. You're playing for uh, for championships in the in 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 the conference and you're playing for all conference accolades, things like that. There's a lot of stuff to play for. Um, and, and, and it's good to be invited and be part of the conference because there's a, you know, we've been there before we've been part of a conference, but now we're in the P five. Uh, everything gets, gets ramped up a little bit more. And so the, the excitement, the energy around it is going to be, it's, it's already happening. You can feel it from everyone, but the, the fact that we're going to be choosing, uh, we're going to be playing from this group of players, I mean, group of teams. And then the fact that we'll, we'll establish natural rivalries with, with them. Um, it's going to be a lot of fun. It's something that we've been missing for, for 12 years, obviously. In what area, Kalani, has P5 affiliation ramped up uh, the program the most? And that you, know, you can take it wherever direction you want to go, whether it's something obscure that fans maybe never see or something that could be tangible on the field or, or personnel. Like what, from your vantage point, what do you feel P5 affiliation to this point uh, has, has ramped up uh, BYU football the most so far? I feel like I could, I could answer that question in so many different ways. Um, the thing that comes to mind right now is because of signing day is so new to us, right? The, that it, it just happens. And so um, we, what we want to do when you're talking about just recruiting, um, there's people that we recruited and that we would never have a shot at getting before uh, we were in the big 12. And now we got them. There's, there's guys, but, and you look at, at the, the, um, 
the signing class, but then you look at the preferred walk-ons. And and there's legitimate scholarship guys in this group of preferred walk-ons. It's amazing talent. And uh, these guys have turned down scholarships to be here at BYU. And, and the fact that the Big 12 and being a P5, that had a role in that. And that, that, that had something that, that brought a little bit more um, flair, a little bit more um, intri- intrigue for these, these players. And when they came on the trip and they could feel like, hey, I can't pass up on this opportunity to go to the Big 12 and to play against such a great schedule and to play with uh, this program um, and be a part of it. You know, that's uh, that 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 right there. I can name those two things: recruiting and 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 recruiting even your preferred walk-ons, adding to your roster. Look at the transfer portal guys. I mean, there's guys that we had to that are in the, that we signed from the transfer portal that are on our team that we had to beat legitimate P5s. We had to beat these guys to get these guys here. Um, and and that when you go through the list. These guys had had offers from from Pac-12, Big Ten, Big 12 schools, and um, you know we, we're over here signing them and then bringing them into on the campus. And um, the Big 12 had a lot to had to do with all all of that. Uh, you know, it's it's interesting when you bring up the transfer portal recruiting, Kalani. Again, Kalani Sataki is my guest here on KSL News Radio. Uh, you know, it's it's fascinating to me because transfer portal recruiting is just this quick deal where you know a guy might get an offer from BYU and then they're committing maybe in a matter of days after uh, it's such a uh, 180 from maybe what football recruiting used to be back in the day like I think back to you know Lavelle was planting the seeds with a guy like Haloti Nata as a freshman at Highland and it took forever like they were waiting mm-hmm. for years to get someone like that and and now it's it's such a quick process now uh, can you maybe take us behind the the curtain a little bit about like the the systems of, of what how it what what goes into landing a transfer portal prospect because you guys landed a bunch of impact guys I think for us, the guys that we landed were guys that we recruited earlier and may have missed out or lost on, on some of them or didn't have a scholarship for some, you know. And then, and then there's a, there's a, a, a few a couple that might that we didn't we weren't even on our radar or that we couldn't reach before. And so, um, they they want to be here for the right reasons. They want to be a part of our program. They want to be part of and live the, the lifestyle that BYU students live. They want to represent our program the way that the church wants us with our mission. Um, all the stuff that we do is what they want. They're in line uh, in line with. And then you you look at the the variety of them and just the the type of talent that they bring. I mean, the reason why it goes pretty quick for a lot of them is because we knew them from before. Like um, let's say Aiden Robbins, for example, we recruited him when he chose between us and Louisville and went to Louisville. He already knew about our honor code, about everything, our academics. And when he went to UNLV, I mean, I think we had we had Chris Brooks here, and that's why he went to UNLV when he was in the portal. And then when they had a change, when when Chris graduated, he said, hey, um, I, I think I want to be there. And so we, there's already a connection that we made from before, much like what we had with Puka Nakua and Samson, those guys. And so a lot of these guys we knew from before. The, the, the guys that are brand new to it, they we had to, we had a battle with them. We had to teach them a little bit more about our program. Keaton Slow was being one of them, but he already had an impression of our place when they, when he played here way back. I, I, what was that? 2018. 19, yeah. 19, yeah, yeah, and and so he had he had an impression of what this place was about. He he also has connections to to people. He's been around Jaron. He's been around Ryder Burton. He's been around um, you know John Beck. Those guys have all been involved in in. in talking about our program so these these guys is an easy transition for them they they want to be here for the right reasons 
And um, so it went a little quicker. But some of the new ones, um, I'm thinking like, um, you know, if you look at like Ian Fitzgerald, for yeah. example, he had a lot of P5s that offered him. And he had, he was on trips. And when he came on the trip here, we were like, man, I don't know if we can get him. But, we, you know, we, he, he really liked what we had to offer and just really just saw himself being here. And then and, um, and, and we want him. And then he gave Coach Funk and A-Rod a lot of credit for that. So the, the entire group... Um, they want to be here for the right reasons, and but the majority of them were people that we were familiar with from before. You brought up Keaton Slovis. Uh, I'm kind of curious, Kalani, with Jaron Hall now off to the NFL, how will that quarterback position be handled in spring and in the offseason? Is it a competition, or is it Slovis's job to lose? Everything's a competition. You know, the, the only one that won't be in the mix of the QB competition will be Soljay because he's moving to running back. But everybody else... Uh, with, with Keaton, with Jake Retzloff, with um, Ryder Burton, with Kate Finnegan, with Nick Phillips, those guys will all compete. And and um, obviously, there's people in there that have a lot more um, experience. Keaton being one of them, like he's he's got tons of experience. And and uh, we'll see how this all shapes up. But they all know that there's a competition. But if you look at it from from uh, from your perspective, you can see what we're trying to develop. And that's a uh, competition. Best guys play. But then there's also quality depth and guys that can really sling the ball along with soul jay any other position changes that you guys have made in, in winter to to prep for spring um i'm trying to think i think uh we moved caden chinister to o-line mm-hmm. you know he's he's uh six eight and we we thought he could play d-line but now where he's six eight and 300 he's perfect looks like looks like blake freeland so yeah. Uh, and you know, let's move him there and then get him started there, so he can learn to learn a position and hopefully become a draft pick like like Blake will become. A few more moments here with Kalani Sitake. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Eddie Heckard. Uh, you know, because he's a transfer guy that I don't recall him having connections to BYU before uh, before he uh, you know signed with Weber State out of high school. But obviously, strong ties to Jay Hill. What is BYU getting in Eddie Heckard? Because I think sometimes fans look at Oh, he's from Weber State. How good can he be? Mm-hmm. This guy is a seems like a big impact guy. Well, we we had to beat two Big Twelve teams and two Pac twelve teams for him. So that, that's that's how how big of a get he is. He's an All American player. Um, Fessy had, had recruited him way back when before Fessy came here, and uh, obviously Jay's mentored and, and, and tutored him in in the uh, in, in, in defense. He knows how to play corner, safety, and, and nickel. So guys are very versatile. But he's he's a beast, man. He hits people, he knocks people down, causes fumbles. Great tackler, and he and he has the speed and and the the, the athleticism to cover slot receivers and outside receivers. So he's a guy that you can blitz. He's he's a, he's a dream when it comes down to, to you know uh, creating a defensive system and a scheme. He's a guy that can fit in a lot of different places. And he he came. He wasn't easy. I mean, even even his connection with Jay Hill, um, it, it was still a battle, and it went all the way to the end. And you know, to the end of, uh, of signing and glad that he was, he was able to make the, the, the decision, the right decision in my mind, which is with us. And uh, we're going to utilize him and he's, he's a big time player and, and he's, he, he, he knows that he can test himself and his skills and, and prove people that, that he can play at the next level. Yeah. Veteran guy in, in Heckard, I think he's going into his seventh year, but on the flip side, you got some young guys, most notably today uh, you signed LJ Martin, a running back uh, from El Paso, Texas. He was signed Back in December, but he made it formally announced uh, in February. 
LJ Martin, what what are uh, what can BYU fans maybe expect from the type of player LJ Martin is? Well, you don't want to put a lot of pressure on Stansbury him. High School football players. So uh, that same type of mentality. He he he's a he's probably a little bit more developed than most seniors in high school, and I think he's probably closer to being a, a player on the field as a true freshman than than most running backs. But he's put together the right way, and I, I love his background. I just love how he's uh you know, the toughness that he brings to the game of football. He's got a great uh, football IQ as well, and um, obviously he's great 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 academics he was committed to Stanford for quite a quite a while and and um when you know when it came to recruiting we had to beat a lot of people for him and I'm glad that he's part of our program but a part of our family and he's a he's a, a great fit to us and so I'm excited to see him run the rock for for the Cougars yeah, Kalani I, I know that uh you don't make those comparisons I know you're not putting pressure on him but uh I I think back to when you brought up uh uh, Micah Harper, you drew a comparison to Diane Lake, and uh, I think Micah Harper's turned out pretty good too. So uh, I think uh, definitely a big get getting L.J. Martin uh, to sign with BYU. Well, Kalani, it's been a pleasure chatting and uh, looking forward to spring ball kicking off March 6th. That was exciting to hear that, and uh, it'll be here before we know it. So talk again down the road. Appreciate it. Thank you, Mitch. Go Cougs. That's BYU head coach Kalani Satake here on KSL News Radio. We'll react to Kalani's commentary next here on Cougar Sports Saturday, powered by KSL Sports. Welcome back in to Cougar Sports Saturday here on KSL News Radio, KSL News Time, 126 p.m. or downtown Salt Lake Broadcast House. Mitch Harper, Matt Biamonte. You just heard from BYU head coach Kalani Satake, eighth year in the program. How crazy is that? It's man? awesome. It's, uh, it's great. Kalani's been around for a minute, and he's taken on a new challenge for this program. Maybe some of your thoughts from the head ball coach, what his commentary was on this BYU program. Yeah, I always love hearing from Kalani, especially in the offseason. He feels a little more open, yeah. a little more candid. Uh, you know, I, I especially liked from Kalani Satake when he, you know, took us behind the scenes and, and talked about the schedule. And I thought it was interesting, too, that his first commentary was, who are we not playing? Kind of like, okay, we don't have to do any work on Kansas State, any work on Baylor, uh, too. Baylor, which I, they probably would have liked that because it's was like, hey, we got all, all these notes. Jeff Grimes, Clark Barrington, <laughs> Campbell Barrington. Do you think it's sad for the Barringtons to not have BYU? Like, yes. That was a great storyline game. I was hoping for that, but, I mean, at the same time, they're probably glad to not have it from just avoiding the storyline component. Totally. But you got to admit, I mean, they probably would have been – they would have loved the chance to compete and vice versa. BYU would have loved to have competed against those dudes and Who would you have taken off the schedule for Baylor? Texas. No way. That is outrageous. I take off Texas for Baylor. That's the worst thing you've ever said on the show. That's horrible. I believe in the Big 12 brand, Matt. I cannot believe you just said that. To me, I would I would have taken off maybe Kansas for Baylor. Can you imagine if what? the first Big 12 game you was Baylor? You want to drop off a potential win for Baylor? Baylor? I'm trying to think strategically to get to a six Baylor wins. had a losing record last year. Right. So, BYU can beat them. Texas is probably going to be one of the best teams in the Big 12. Get them off the schedule. I'm okay with it. It's going to be fun. It's going to be great, and you know it. It'll be fun, but... If it, is it fun if BYU loses 42-14? to 14? <laughs> No. It's fun if Taysom Hill's hurtling over guys, yes? Hit the hurdle! <laughs> you don't think Slovis is going to be 
dropping a stiff arm and then hurdling <laughs> someone at the goal line. <laughs> it's not. It's Maybe not. Soldier comes not in at running back and does not, it. It's not his mo. <laughs> All right, we got to take a break. On the other side, more. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what time it is on the other side. The top That's five. Right. Me and you getting after it. Let's go back after this. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Cougar Sports Saturday. Saturday. A presentation of KSL Sports. KSL Sports. Left wing for three. He got it again. BYU Sports Talk by Cougar fans for Cougar fans. Here are your hosts, Mitch Harper and Matt Biamonte. On Utah's legacy home of the Cougars. KSL News Radio, 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Welcome back in. It's Cougar Sports Saturday. Been a great show. Man, I woke up today, the weather was nice, the sun was out, and I had this thought, Mitch. I've struggled in this upcoming segment for about a year. You've had a lot of success. I considered putting up a spy balloon in the producer's <laughs> room just to get a sneak peek on the top five to get a slight advantage over you. I thought about it. Putting up a little balloon just to, to peek in on what's going to come next. Well, unlike the... Uh... The China balloon that was shot down earlier today. You will not be shooting down my my balloon. It's just going to keep flying up. Going to be flying to the top, the heights of the top five. Coming up right here on Cougar Sports Saturday. The Cougar Sports Saturday Top 5. Mitch and Matt clash in a weekly battle of BYU sports knowledge. Here's the Top 5. It is the Top 5. We do it each and every week. Regardless if anyone is trying to spy and sabotage to get an advantage, uh, me and Mitch, uh, we'll have a list here from our producer, Nate Sock. We have no idea what this list is. It is BYU-related. Nothing in front of us. No No screens, no phone a friend. No no spy intel from a balloon. Nothing. nothing. It's off the cuff. And so with with that being said, let's bring in producer Nate Slack. Nate, how you doing, man? Let's see if we can get Nate Slack up here. Nate, try again. You got me? We got you. All right. I'm doing great, Matt. I wasn't going to bring it up, but the you have. No, the fact oh. you've struggled the last six months in the top five. Oh. Six uh, months? We're going back that far. Let's hear some trends. It's, it's, it's been a while, uh, but you did win last week. Yes. Um, today's top five, we're going to be sticking on the same trend of the Big 12. Um, all So nine Big 12 games this fall, and we've played all nine recently, semi-recently, but can you guys name the last five times we played these nine opponents? So, uh, we have last, to give you the season. You have to give me the opponent. You have to give me the year. There's no duplicates. So, for example, uh, UCF. UCF's not on the schedule this year, but BYU played them in 2020 and in 2014. So instead of saying 2014, it would be 2020. The most, so the recent, most recent time, time that you played them. And only the the, the and most, home or away, right? And home or away. So the the opponent, the year. Home or away or neutral. Of the nine teams that's on the schedule. Of the nine okay. teams that are on the schedule. Okay. So no duplicates. Um, and Matt is starting today. Any questions? No. No, it sounds pretty straightforward. Okay. And you don't have to get them in order. So just the opponent, okay. year, and then home, neutral, away. All right. Matt's well, up. let's just get the easy ones out of the way then. On 2022 at home, Baylor. Of the nine teams BYU is playing, Matt. Baylor is not on the schedule this year. Yep. Good point. All right. Wow. I I wasn't paying attention. That's, <laughs> that's going to hurt. 
It was not straightforward enough. <laughs> that spy balloon is backfiring for you, oh, Matt. Oh, no. Not the spy balloon. 2014 Texas. 2014 Texas comes in at number three. So there are two more recent than that. But, yeah, 24, uh, 2014 Texas, BYU comes out with a 41-7 win. Uh, that, that memorable Taysom Hurdle over the Texas defender. One of my favorite games in recent memory. Great game, and it's one that I, I just I, I realize the magnitude of that game. Tech, the state of Texas always puts out a, a yearly annual, Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. They had Charlie Strong on the cover, and on the, on the caption of the magazine it said, Hey, BYU, we're bringing the T back to Texas. I was thinking, they're gunning for BYU, the Texas Longhorns? And then, oh, we, we know what happened. Taysom Hill uh, uh, put the... Put that T in its in its rightful place. And yes. Said, uh, don't worry about that. We're, we're taking care of business. <laughs> Matt, you're back. Uh, nope, no, Mitch, Mitch. Mitch. Mitch got to take, take a two-point advantage. Yes, and I will. 2016 Cincinnati. Homer away, Mitch. Away. 2016 Cincinnati away is correct. That is the most recent game. That is number one on our list. BYU won 20-3. And, uh, yeah, it'll be fun to have them on the schedule again this year. I, I'm a little disappointed that they're the home opener in the Big 12 slate for BYU. I thought it would be, been more fun to have an original member. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be a fun environment either way. That Cincinnati game in 2016, I'll, I'll always remember Tommy Tuberville, now a senator, uh, leaving the field. Some Cincinnati fan said, you're stealing from us, Tommy. Go get a job. And he said, <laughs> like, some choice words after that. BYU and Cincinnati, uh, that'll be a good matchup. All right, back to me. So I got home from a Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints mission in 2009. And one of my great regrets, I bring this up because at the basketball game on Thursday, I ran into my old mission president. And we were talking about the Big 12 and all these games, and I was selling him on going to the Texas game. And I'm like, one of my great regrets is not going to that blasted Oklahoma game in 2009. That was my first football game back. Why didn't it go? And he was like, I went to that game. I'm like, God dang it. Mission president. So 2009, uh, Oklahoma neutral. Comes in at number five on our list. I also missed that game. I went to the Tulane game the next week in New Orleans. Uh, Tickets were a little costly to to fly out to Dallas for that game. I should have taken out a credit card. I should have had some bad debt. Because that would have been a memory. You of were a at lifetime. the Superdome, Nate, for that BYU Tulane. <laughs> yeah, wow, 50, you're the first person I met that was at that one. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah, Matt is uh, on the board, down two one, and uh, Mitch, Mitch's turn. This is often a forgotten game, but Taysom Hill was the quarterback of this game, and it was in an NFL stadium, BYU West Virginia, 2016. Do we have a ruling? It was a neutral field at FedEx Field. 2016, is it good? Is that a yes? Bordock <laughs> Dave. It is How good. are we saying incorrect to that? It is good. So 2016. It's, it was neutral. 2016 West Virginia was neutral <laughs> at FedEx Field. Comes in at number two. BYU uh, came away with a 32-35 point loss. Yeah. Uh, late interception. Kind of hurt the Cougars, but yes, number two. They did, and that was the the least uh, that was the most anticlimactic uh, victory I've ever experienced in the top five. There, Dave, come on, give me that that correct there. Thank you. Let me Thank save you. myself. Let me, let me save some dignity here. The other one was 2011 
Road. Actually, it was neutral TCU. Yeah, that Cowboy was number Stadium. four. And that I'm, was on the same night as like a World Series game. And I remember it was a Friday night game. And I remember watching that. And I'm thinking, I'm probably one of like 30,000 people watching this game because everyone was seemed to be watching. I think it was the Cubs. Or not the Cubs. Who was in the World Series in 2011? That's beside the point. But it was just like a weird independence game. You're like, when is BYU ever going to play TCU again? Well, now we know. You've got Riley Nelson giving a high five. Yes. That game. That yes. Was, that yes. was the only highlight from that game that I remember. The 2016 West Virginia game was not – the score was was great as far as, like, you think, oh, a lot of points, a lot of offense, but it just felt like there was no flow to that one. That was a Dana Holgerson game, too, uh, who's now the head coach at Houston. Uh, BYU has no history with West Virginia outside of that game, so I'm curious to see if that can turn into something. I'm so fascinated to see – if it's true, the stereotypes about West Virginia fans are true, where they like burn couches, they are just belligerent. I'm curious to see if that is, that is truly the case because we've sometimes seen that as uh, in, in being close to BYU because we've we've dealt with the Mount West before, we've seen Pac-12 venues before. There's some belligerent fans, so there's a little bit of a baseline for that. But uh, BYU in the Big 12, it, it doesn't happen as often as you think, and you would. With the the conservative values in these schools, you would think it happens more, but you go back through history, it, it, it doesn't happen very often when BYU faces these teams. Number six on this list, uh, actually, you got to go back a little farther. So number five on the list was 2009 Oklahoma. Number six is 1992 Kansas. So there was a pretty wide oh, gap between wow, playing wow. a Big 12 school. Aloha Bowl, uh, Kansas. I think Tom Young was the starting quarterback, Steve Young's brother, his only career start. I think... The reason I know that, too, it's uh, fresh on my memory is because Sol J, when he started in the New Mexico Bowl, he was the first first-time starting QB in a bowl game since Tom Young in the 92 Aloha Bowl. BYU lost. I think Kansas had Dana Stubblefield in that game. That was that was a good Kansas team. It was a Christmas Day game. But, uh, yeah, BYU in the Big 12, just it, it doesn't happen much. And it's also interesting, too, you kind of go deeper into these games. Oklahoma State. The regular season finale, first time it's going to be a regular season meeting. Uh, they've they've only played in bowl games. Fiesta Bowl in 74, Tangerine in 76. They, they just don't play uh, very often. And that's what makes this schedule cool too, yeah. Matt, is that BYU is going to face teams that they haven't seen in maybe forever. And it's also still kind of a, a little piece of independence where you're still doing a little bit of kind of coast-to-coast football. I know the West Coast is being ignored this year. Uh, but, you know, there's going to be a lot of traveling. So this national fan base uh, can still see BYU in all parts of the country pretty much. While we have you, Nate, and congrats to you. Thank you. I knew that it was over for me when I uh, didn't follow the instructions yeah, at the yeah. beginning. Yeah. Anyways, it, it, a win is a win. It doesn't matter what happens. <laughs> Thank you. While we have Nate, though, what is your favorite Big 12 game on the schedule? Oh, it's Texas, for sure. It's Texas. It's Let's Texas. go. Here's, here's the reason it's Texas. I was in my mission in 2013 and 2014, and so those big Texas games with Taysom, I, I didn't get to see live. Oh. So I'm really excited to be able to go to Austin and, and check out that stadium. That's what Assuming I'm Assuming you get to tickets to that game, Nate. Where did you serve your mission, Nate? El Salvador. That's right. That's right. That's right. So I was, I was in the Mexico MTC in 2013 with Tanner Mangum. Oh. And we are we're searching the interwebs trying to find what's going on for the Texas game, and all we could find is that it was delayed. You know what? <laughs> this is a this is a deep cut on that game. Before we get to break, the best play from that game didn't count. Yeah, it was Taysom Hill's run where he broke contain and went outside and scampered for like seventy yards. It was in a lot of ways it was flashbacks to what happened in Provo. 
there was a bogus holding call, I think, on Jordan Leslie on that play. Mm-hmm. Didn't count, but that was that play even more so than the hurdle to me was just an impressive display of his speed and athleticism. That 2014 game, too, it felt like in that moment BYU was going to run the table. Yep. I, I just thought the schedule's weak by independent standards. Strength of schedule's there. BYU's going to run the table. Taysom Hill's going to be a Heisman finalist. I, 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 that's what I thought. I mean, that, that had that feeling. And then you see Taysom taking photos afterwards with Jim, and you're like, the two goats aligning. <laughs> BYU fandom is just going off the rails right now. This is – what is going on? And it's just – that was a, an amazing moment for BYU, and and it, it also it, it does highlight too simply playing some of these logos, and I and I hate to get caught up in the logo on a helmet, but simply playing that team gives you a stage that just you don't get typically. Like if BYU wins at Texas, that'll be a key story in the national college football conversation that week, regardless of what Texas is. That it could be oh Sark maybe gets fired, I don't know, but it'll be a key storyline, and that's what makes. That game big, even though I wasn't like I don't need it. You know, I want to I want to enjoy these new Big Twelve teams, but we'll get plenty of that in the future, and that will be a big game for BYU this October. All right, thanks, Nate. Good stuff. I wish I had paid attention. And congrats to Mitch uh, on the win. We'll take the break on the other side. We'll keep reacting to this Big Twelve schedule that came out earlier in the week, and then maybe we'll turn the page eventually to hoops. And also at two thirty, we've got BYU's newest running back, L.J. Martin. Joining Cougar Sports Saturday to talk about his commitment. He'll be joining the team for this first year of Big 12 football. Back with more after this. Welcome back in to Cougar Sports Saturday. Here on KSL News Radio, we're watching the Senior Bowl right now. Uh, it's the premier all-star game, and unfortunately, Jaron Hall not playing. He's not even in uh, Mobile, Alabama. Apparently left, according to reports from the Senior Bowl reporters that are down there on location. Kind of a tough week a little bit for Jaron. Uh, there was three BYU guys at the Senior Bowl. Tough week for all three. Yeah, Blake Freeland. Puka had a good first day. Uh, didn't see him day three in practices watching some of that. Uh, senior Bowl, but uh, we'll see what happens for Jaron in the the NFL draft process. We'll kind of keep eyes. I on I still that. believe this with Jaron; he's going to win some people over with interviews. I just, yeah, I think we've seen a real trend in the past five or so years in the NFL where we don't. I'm not saying talent's not important, but there's no more Bakers and Johnny Manziel's. Just if there's red flags, if there's issues. We're spending too much money. There's too many people's jobs on the line to be messing around with that. You need an adult. Because you look at, at the guys in the Super Bowl right now. Mahomes is he's amazing, but he's also the epitome of a pro. Teammates love him. Coaches love him. Same can be said about Jalen Hurts. And he, if you even go back to the Final Four teams, Brock Purdy, I think, is a guy who, you know, he was drafted really late. But, boy, do the teammates love Brock Purdy. Yeah. That coaching staff loved him because of what he, – he was an adult. Like, there, there was no funny business with Brock Purdy. It was all ball. And and on the other side as well, Joe Burrow, same thing. It's all ball. So, I think that when he starts to interview, I think it's going to come back around. That, hey, this dude's going to – he's going to work hard. He's going to be liked by the teammates. There's not going to be any of those problems. However, with that being said, the fact that no one knows what's going on at the Senior Bowl – 
is a little concerning. So hopefully he can rebound from that. But it, he his stock I don't think is going to rise like it could have if he had played great and then played in this game. Let me ask you this. We've talked a lot about the Big 12 schedule today. And, and if you missed any part of the show, I, I highly recommend you go listen to our podcast, Cougar Sports Saturday on on kslsports.com and the KSL News Radio app. Jaron did have a year to come back. If As did Blake and Puka. Yeah. With him not having the Senior Bowl week that maybe he had hoped, and maybe his stock maybe staying in that day three threshold, because that's what it felt like it was kind of going into Senior Bowl. That's at least what the Matt Millers, maybe some of the Mel Kuypers were saying heading into Senior Bowl week. Do you think he should have came back at BYU? I know that the story's still to be written for Jaron. There's a lot of process. There's the combine. There's the pro day. But maybe just instant gut reaction from the senior bowl week. Do you think he should have ran it back one more year at BYU? So day three is a big range, right? Because that's four to seven yeah. rounds. Mm-hmm. If he's a fourth to fifth round pick, I think he did the right thing. Because I, I still feel like you can get into a good situation and – all it takes is one injury, and if you play well, off you go. Because he is older. There are some injury concerns. If he slips to six or seven, he did not make the right decision, especially with NIL on the table, Mitch. He would probably made more money at BYU and NIL than what he would get paid as a sixth or seventh-round draft pick. So jury's still out. Just because he's not playing in the Senior Bowl doesn't mean it's doom and gloom for Jaron Hall. But it is getting a little more interesting because when he left, I thought, oh, slam dunk, great decision. He's going to be a third or fourth round draft mm-hmm. pick. But now now you're kind of wondering what is going to happen to Jaron Hall on his draft stock. And it is tough, too, because Jaron, the last time he played was against Stanford in November. He suffered an ankle injury, and he missed the New Mexico Bowl. I'm of the belief that Jaron would have played in that New Mexico Bowl had he been healthy. I don't think this was an opt-out deal. I think Puka was more the opt-out scenario where he could have played. I know he was dealing with injuries too, but I I think he was more the opt-out side of things with the New Mexico Bowl. I think Jaron would have given it a go because he's just that guy. He, He... if he's healthy, he's going to compete. He's kind of like that old-school mindset. It's not It's not load management with him. He's going to no. play if he's healthy. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, you know, he's still coming back from that ankle injury, and you wonder how much of an impact that's had in this whole week. I, I, you know, look, Jaron Hall, the thing I will say about him, if he gets a shot at any NFL team, he's going to make the most of it. It's like Taysom Hill. Don't bet against that guy because he will prove you wrong. I just hope that uh, he gets – I guess I hope he gets the the draft stock that uh, I think he deserves. I think he's a third or fourth round guy. I, I, I really agree. do. I, I honestly thought he he could be a late first second round guy. I'm just really high on Jaron Hall, and I feel like his senior year got a little bit spoiled because BYU's defense was pretty bad. I mean, it was disastrous by BYU standards, and he was banged up, nicked up throughout it. He gut checked it in that month of October and did as much as he could. Uh, but, you know, I just hope he has that great story, kind of like what Taysom Hill has experienced. And I know Taysom's story is still not ideal. He should be a starting QB, in my opinion, but yep. uh, I, I want Jaron to succeed in the NFL. Let's not forget, last time Jaron played healthy and against a decent team, he looked great against Boise State. That yep. Boise State defense was good, really good, one of the best in the Mountain tore West. Him up. And he tore him up and, and had great plays in that game. So, Jaron Hall, it's easy to... I think the point you make is a good one, Mitch. It's easy to think about 2022 being a disappointment, and it was. It was a disappointment. But Jaron Hall had a great year. His numbers improved. He threw for more yards. His TD to INT ratio got better. He had a great year. 
And I just hope the Senior Bowl doesn't set him back too far. So NFL Combine coming up in March, yeah. and then Pro Day. We'll see the story still to be written on his NFL draft prospects going forward in this process. We'll take a break on the other side. We'll talk some BYU hoops here on Cougar Sports Saturday. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.